Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I am the host of this podcast. My name is Gina, and this is the podcast where we release ideas or needing to be perfect. You know, this need to know it all, and we just kind of dive in with our open minds, connecting to past lives, the history of our souls, and our connection to the divine, the divine out there, above us, and within us. And we do this with the intention of maybe getting some healing, maybe making things a little lighter, so we can reach our full potential in this life that we came here to create, and for a little entertainment, of course. In today's episode, episode number nine, we're talking about the art of soul retrieval, what it is, how it can be used, and how I very first experienced it. So I'll be taking my first encounter with it from September of 2018. You'll really enjoy this episode if you are maybe a little interested in it. Soul retrieval, what? Or maybe you're like, I don't even have a clue what that would be. Or maybe you feel like, yeah, there's a missing part of myself. I don't feel whole. I feel like, oh, maybe it seems as if it's so easy for everyone else to be light and carefree or experience and accept love and you maybe don't feel that way. Um, or maybe you just feel like you don't have the ability to let go and just be yourself. There are so many reasons for a modality like this one, soul retrieval, and I will cover that. And of course, of course, if you ever have any questions, please email me. And you can start that email conversation by going to pastlivesandthedivine.com forward slash subscribe. And then you can just respond to that email and say, hey, here's my question. So before we dive into today's episode, the next episode is going to be a healing one. So with the holiday season upon us, nothing like seeing family or spending more time with family than usual to revert us, me, back to the maybe a little more dysfunctional, emotional teenager that we all once were. So because of that, I want to offer you up some love and support during this time. So whether it's a joyful time for you or it's a treacherous time for you, uh, whether you feel frazzled by the holidays or maybe you're just unfazed by it all, either way, it is a healing modality. It'll be a recorded guided visualization, guided hypnosis that you can do at home. And I'll be sharing that recording with you um, and then you can use it in the form of the podcast episode whenever you want, whenever you feel like you need it. And then that way, as long as you have whatever it is that you listen to a podcast from, you'll always have access to that recording because you deserve it and I deserve it and I want that for you. And because I believe those of us who are called to evolve, evolve spiritually, evolve with our soul, learn lessons, accept our own responsibility, and doing this in the face of people who make it more difficult to do so, when we have this as our calling, when we feel just propelled to do that and we can't stop ourselves, that means that we came here. That is part of our path about being on work, being on earth. And so that doesn't mean that, oh, I'm a healer and I feel like I want to evolve and help other people evolve. Doesn't mean you need to quit your job and be a Reiki practitioner. You can, but you don't have to be. So we can always just lead by example share our gifts. But for those of you who are feeling called to evolve, that's, I think, probably everybody listening to this podcast, you are one 
powerful soul. You would not take on that task because it is not an easy task if you weren't up for it. So if I can give you and me a little bit of a little oomph with uh, a new recording for a guided visualization, then I thought, what a good gift around the holiday. Okay, so if you're interested in that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on on whatever platform you listen to. You can do it by going to pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe. And then that way, it'll just magically appear in your inbox or magically download to your phone or your iPad or however you listen to podcasts. Okay, so that's enough of that. Let's get on to soul retrieval. So gather around the fire. Let's get started. Yes, the art of soul retrieval. So for this episode, I'm going to first dive into what is it, how I use it, and maybe some different ways that it can be used. The uh, options are probably limitless. And then I'll get into specifically my session with it, my first experience with it, which happened in a session. So what is it? I, My interpretation of soul retrieval, and maybe other people have different words for it, but I would call this really in short, it's a type of session or modality uh, where we're able to go back and uncover or recover a piece of our soul, our divine soul, our eternal part of us that was lost or damaged in the eons of incarnation, being reincarnated and reincarnated. And it's in this that um, I like to think of it as like luggage, right? It's not something we really think about, um, but it's there if we need it. We often do need it. Um, And after years, maybe decades of the same piece of luggage, going in and out of airplanes, in and out of hotels, in and out of your car, whatever it is, you look at it and it's like, wow, when did you get so beat up? And, you know, there can be like scuffs and tears and scratches and oil splotches and you name it. But really, it's a way I see soul retrieval as a way to, um, we look at a symptom like, I feel like I just can't experience joy like other people. Or I feel like I am never enough. I just, there's nothing I can do to make myself feel enough. I mean, these are obviously personal examples. (laughs) Uh, And then sometimes we can go back and like, Um, intentionally go searching for these parts of us. So what I will say about how I use it, I have, I've never done a, okay, client, come over, we're doing a soul retrieval. Um, I have personally, just because one of the things we had to do in training was to do a whole soul retrieval session. It was just one of the ways we were trained, one of the modalities. And because of that, it's a shorter session. So the way I use soul retrieval though is in more as a modality as opposed to like a whole full-on session. I'm definitely not against a full-on session, but um, I use it more in terms of like, uh, we've seen past life scenes. Like if I'm facilitating a session and the client has seen some past life scenes, and it's clear that like there was some trauma and and trauma doesn't have to be some big, huge thing. It can be 
uh, soul trauma can happen on our deathbeds when we look back on our life and we're like, why the fuck didn't I fill in the blank? Show love more, take more risks, have children, not have, you know, whatever, not focus on work. And so it's a way to, um, it's hard to actually put into words. It's almost like it's just another healing modality. So when someone, for example, if they experience a death scene, that's really dramatic. Um, And I would say that that doesn't happen. That happens less often than than um, a super dramatic death death scene. But what I'll say there is sometimes it can be clear or in my mind as the facilitator, I just almost think like, ooh, I feel like something, you know, there was maybe a ding on the soul or a piece ripped off or like you got a real scuff there or a divot was taken out of it. And then I ask questions like, do you have any physical, mental, emotional, spiritual baggage, for lack of a better term, residues that you're carrying in your body or something that you have has gone missing, something that you could get back in this life? And so you can go in looking and doing a soul retrieval, but I, the way it's manifested, at least in the last, I don't know, over a year uh, with clients, for me, the way it's manifested is it's a healing modality I use after we go through some past life scenes and, um, and then just based on the experience, based on the client's reaction, we might quick go in and go looking for a piece of their soul or do kind of some repair work for lack of a better term. But it's all done, um, sometimes I'm trained in Reiki, so sometimes I'll do Reiki, which is energy work. You can Google it, R-E-I-K-I. I'm not gonna talk about it here because I feel like my podcasts are never short. I like never have room for extra stuff. So sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll use like crystals, you know, like gemstones. Sometimes I'll use the healing sound bowl. So I'll do different ways to help shift the energetics of the client and help them get to a space where they can call back things or heal certain things within their soul, within their energetic fields that they're carrying around from a past life. So that is what I'll say about that. Um, This type of session, so if someone were to come to me and say, hey, I wanna do a soul retrieval, I would pretty much go about it as I would do a session like um, angel, spirit guide connection, higher self connection. And what I'll say about that is in order to do a session like that with me, at least right now, I'm always in process, I'm always changing. So it might not always be the case, but it's very clear on my website in order to do like spirit guide connection, angel connection, higher self guidance type of situation, People need to do a past life regression first with me. And someone just asked me this question over email. It was, why is that the case? And it was such a good question because I feel like I haven't been asked that question in like a year. And here's why. People all, okay, in order for hypnosis to really work, in order for regression to really work, what we need is as the client, we need to be totally open, totally relaxed, and totally willing to engage with the details we get. And this is after decades of programming, of being on earth, where most of us, I'm sure not all of us, but most of us are told, that's just your imagination, that means nothing, 
Or if you are very intuitive as a kid, you can say some things that freak out the parents or the adults around you and they have reactions that then shut that ability down in you. Everything around us, most things around us, the school systems, the way we work, the people who raise us, not everyone, but it seems like the vast majority, at least the people that I come in contact with in my personal and professional life, it's really just like we are taught to not trust that stuff and to shut it down, to logic our way out of it. And you that's not how this works. You have to like relax and be open to it. So with you know decades of programming behind most people who come to see me, especially if I don't know the person, I feel like it's kind of a high pressure situation to be like, we've never met. I don't know what your background is. I don't know how you know, controlling you are of your mind. I don't know how open you are to all of this. And then to sit down and be like, and now we're going to meet your spirit guide. Seems like a lot of pressure where people, it seems a lot of my clients already feel a little like uneasy. Is this going to work? I'm a little nervous. And maybe that's because like attracts like, and that's who I was for like my first 10 sessions of like, I don't think this is going to work. And then it always did though, right? And I've never had a client who didn't go anywhere, who didn't get anything, but still that is like a level of stress and fear. And so to layer on that something like, you're gonna go find a piece of your soul, or you're gonna meet your guardian angel or your spirit guide is a little, a, a little bit too much pressure in a situation that doesn't need pressure and already has pressure on it. So to open it up to a past life really opens up you can see anything and you're not doing it wrong, right? We're also told like subliminally or outright by culture, by social media is that we can do everything wrong and we probably are doing everything wrong and here's someone we can pay to make it better, right? <laughs> and it's just, that is our programming. And so I like to have people come in, do a past life regression session. The, the healing and nurturing and insights and guidance that you can get in that session are so vast and the opportunities are just there awaiting that someone with little, no experience or even some nerves about the situation always gets something. And it's in a past life regression where you still can do soul retrieval. You still can see your spirit guide. You still can get guidance from your higher self, but that's not the exact focus. So I like people to be able to sit in the chair, get the information, kind of grease the wheel, give them some confidence. And then if they want, they can come back and like specifically seek out their spirit guide. And sometimes that takes a while, but you know what? I want them to be totally comfortable. And like I said, it certainly doesn't have to be that way. And if someone felt super passionately or had done hypnosis before, I would be open to changing it on kind of like a case by case basis. But I'm not, um, but anyways, that's where I'm at with that right now. And because you can get all of that stuff from a past life regression, it's like, let's just take a little pressure off, huh? And just like relax and see what we get. And the whole thing is like, you know what? We're always gonna have stuff to heal. That is the point of our journey on earth. And so you can't, you aren't doing it wrong. Maybe you know you could do it better and that's for only you to judge. And then you can like do better or if you just don't have the time or the effort or the capacity, just give yourself a break, right? But um, anyway, yeah, I feel like I kind of got off on tangent there. Welcome to my brain. 
but that is why I, I do that. And that's why I don't necessarily like sell or offer, offer soul retrieval sessions is because for me, it more takes place as like a healing modality kind of after we see some past life scenes. All right, so ram rambling on there. All right, if you were to come and do just a soul retrieval session, um, especially with me right now, you would do a past life regression first. And before I did my soul retrieval session, I had done many, many past life regressions. And so the information is more condensed. It's just a shorter experience because you're going to look for one thing and you're maybe getting that thing, or maybe you're getting to the thing under that thing that's even more important, kind of the root issue, and you're unraveling it, as opposed to a past life regression where it's a little bit longer because you're seeing more stuff, but then anytime you're seeing more things in trance, that means the opportunity to learn more things and take more insights with you. So this session that I did, I was in trance, I think for like 35 minutes, which might be my shortest session to date, but uh, just like anything we do with our brains, anything we do with our bodies, the more we do it, the easier it gets. And so with trance, hypnosis, past life regression, the more we tap into those memories which come from our subconscious mind, the more the subconscious mind delivers memories. So just the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, the faster the information comes, the bigger the amount of information that comes, and so it's just less time and trance needed to kind of prime that mind and get it rolling. All right, let's dive into my first experience with soul retrieval. So like I said, I did this at a training back in September of 2018. And so we were specifically t pulling out different modalities that you can use and like doing a full on session with them just to really feel them out, get acquainted with them and have the full experience as the facilitator in a training setting. And of course, um, the experience as a client, because you want that, right? You want your facilitator to know what it's like to be in the chair. So um, my intention for this session going into it was, I wasn't super clear on what I wanted to do, but it was really like what, what I had thought was like, um, like this inherent sense of like to take life as just lighter, right? Like just not be so fucking serious, like just to be able to relax and have a good time and act dumb or silly every once in a while. And it was like I had just gone through, I had always been kind of a serious person. Um, and then in November of 2013, 13? I think, um, obviously it doesn't mean that much to me, <laughs> but like, um, I stopped drinking alcohol. I, um, haven't drank alcohol since I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but, um, very social, socially acceptable ways of drinking that I participated in that I just kind of woke up to one day and was like, you know, I don't think this is really serving me. And so I did this experiment where I stopped drinking for a hundred days. And by day 40, I was like, I feel so amazing right now. Like I'm never going to have another drink of alcohol. And it was just such a easy experience. But, and overall that has benefited my life. Also, um, it really did contribute to me 
uh, taking myself extremely seriously and taking, you know, healing and evolving super seriously to the point where if you're taking yourself seriously and you're judging yourself, and I, when I say you, I mean me, <laughs> taking myself so seriously and judging myself, um, it became very clear that I started judging other people more, which, huh, interesting what happened, you know, as above, so within, so within, so without. And I really was like relying on my spirit guides, relying on my higher self to be like, I love learning and growing and evolving and healing and releasing, you know, all this emotional baggage. Also help me to not be so serious. Like you can't win at healing. Also, I can't stop myself from acting like I'm winning at healing, right? The whole point of life on earth is to grow and learn lessons and heal and share your gifts and feel joy. And, you know, there are some real highs that you and some real lows while we walk earth. And so we should enjoy the highs here too. It's not about, you're not going to win as a soul if you're like, I didn't eat chocolate for 50 years. I mean, if that's what you truly want, then fine. But spirit, you know, our creator, the universe doesn't give a shit about that. What they care about, in my opinion, and you can have a separate opinion, which is perfectly fine and valid because you're a different person than me. But my opinion is they're like, find joy in life, use your gifts, and do more good than bad on this earth. And when you see yourself contributing negatively to something, do it a different way. Like when you know better, you need to do better. You cannot unlearn these things. You cannot go back. You can only go forward. And so um, I was a, having a really hard time of like, I logically get this. However, the decisions I make and my emotional reactions throughout my entire day, every single day, do not reflect that I really do get it. And for me, that's a signal of Gina needs hypnosis. Gina needs past life regression. Gina Lee needs connection with her spirit guides is when I feel like logically I get it. I get why this person acts this way. Logically, I get that I should have a certain reaction to a certain situation, but I can't stop myself from having a different reaction that I don't want. It's like hypnosis for me, regression for me can take something that I think in my head, something that I logically get, and it can help me simmer it down and like let it settle into my heart, let it settle into my body, let it settle into my subconscious mind. So then I just operate life from that knowing as opposed to operating in life and trying to apply this knowing in hindsight, which is way more work than like just operating as if you really do believe that or really do know that. So uh, hopefully that wasn't like um, too abstract or out there. I hope you got that. I feel like maybe you would have gotten that rant more if you could see all my hand waving that I was doing, but you know, hit me with your questions if anything doesn't make sense. Okay, so that's where I was at. I just felt like I was taking myself too seriously and I couldn't stop. Like I couldn't just like be crazy and have a good time. And I started to really notice a difference when I was with my nephews or my niece. It was like I could kind of get into like that kid mode where you're like laughing and playing. You're like playing catch or you're like dancing to music or you're just being silly and funny. And, but it was like, I want to feel more of this, feel more freedom like this 
in my daily life. Why am I so fucking serious all the time, right? Like right now as I record this, um, we are in Halloween season and it's like, you know, as an adult, why do we stop doing all these fun things like Halloween parties and trick-or-treating? I can't be the only adult that loves candy. Like, why do we stop dressing up and stop having fun? And so it was really just like noticing all these ways as an adult we become serious, paired up with my um, quitting drinking and having that outlet. And it was just like, help me kind of break out of this serious rut. And I didn't know what was underneath it, but I knew that it was something, right? Because it had to have gone hand in hand with this continual sense of like not being good enough, not being worthy of X, like, oh, this is great. I don't deserve it because of this. You know, whether that's something I would have never said out loud, but it was something that I would say in my head, like, oh, you get a compliment from someone and it's like, oh, if they really knew, insert whatever, you know, or... Like, oh, I love this work you do. And it's like, oh, if you only knew that I did that work in my pajamas <laughs> or whatever. Like always finding a reason why, you know, in my head, always finding a reason why I wasn't good enough in that, that compliment or that positive wave of energetic beams coming towards me wasn't really for me, not the real me, maybe something that I did. And so, you know, all of this collided together and it was a soul retrieval session. And I'm like, there's gotta be something missing. Like there is a piece of the puzzle. There is a gap in the neurons. Like I can't, I can't close the gap. So help me with that. Okay, so I was at a training when I did this session and the facilitator of this session was my friend Allison, again. That's why we're such good friends. We've been through many, many hours of training, many hours of past life regression. So just like any good facilitator, I came with like the mess that I just presented to you of like, I don't know, I take myself so seriously. I feel like I can't like relax and totally let loose and and after kind of talking it out she had suggested the intention of like well it sounds like really at the root of that might be like you're not good enough or you're not worthy which are also um from what i can gather everything i read clients i see friends i talk to is really something that we oftentimes kind of put inside our jacket and like shamey don't tell anybody about but it's a pretty human thing to be like, I don't feel good enough, like on one level or another. And so with that is there can be many different flavors of that feeling of unworthiness or not good enough. It can be specific situations. It can be a total underlying theme to all our problems. It just kind of depends on the person and the soul experience, right? So with that, after talking back and forth, she was like, well, let's go look for your piece of your soul. Maybe that would be healed. Um, kind of recovered or uncovered via unconditional love, right? To use the positive, loving, nurturing energetics of unconditional love to try to fill in that gap or polish up that piece of your soul. So here is how we started. On a journey, I want you to find that part of your soul, that part of your soul that remembers what unconditional love feels like that part of your soul that that will help to complete you 
So a soul retrieval session is really similar to a past life regression in the sense, or a lot of hypnosis work, in the sense that the facilitator does kind of an in, a extended induction, think guided visualization, guided meditation. And then from there, we end up in a safe space where we can start to gain information, insights that'll help us grow, learn, heal. And it really just depends, again, on the session, on the person, on the soul history, on the goals of the session. And if you have, if you are new to this podcast, you can listen to episode three. It's called Anatomy of a Past Life Regression Session. And in that, you can see, um, you'll hear about like every step of the session and how it's put together. But just know that soul retrieval is pretty much the same. So we went through that induction. We ended up on a hilltop and kind of a grassy area it was a sunny day out and i saw a little girl laying in the grass she's laying she's kind of laying in the grass on a hilltop laughing so in my mind's eye the way i saw this little girl was she was had blonde hair and was just kind of like relaxing, but like a real lightness about her, a real joy about her, like staring up at the sky, just kind of relaxing in this grass. And she had blonde hair and I was just kind of standing off to the side. Like if she's laying in the grass, I was like, you know, looking at her from like the top of her head down. And I was like standing off to the side a little bit. And just standing there, just kind of like observing her, her energy, what she was doing, just taking in the scenes, engaging with the details so I could get more information, more details. Oh, she can see me. I didn't think she could see me. And so it was so crazy because as I'm observing her, observing the landscape, the energy, just kind of the vibe of the situation, all of a sudden she like turns and looks at me like, oh, hey there you are like she had been waiting for me and i just think it's so funny when we're in trance or in regression and i must be on some deep level still kind of cynical of like is this real because <laughs> when i have a situation like this i'm like whoa that's so crazy so in my mind i'm like well do you doubt this but anyway i think it's so nuts that like i was surprised by something someone else did in this soul retrieval, in this safe space, kind of in this other realm, and where I feel like if I was really making it all up, I would have known that she could see me, right? So I just like to add that in there because I was really surprised, like, oh shit, she can see me. I just thought I was like watching this scene out of a movie almost. And so uh, knowing that, observing the scene, then Allison, the facilitator, had asked, you know, does she say anything to you after she sees you? And she didn't say anything, but she did stand up and just kind of like walked over to me and was just like laughing, kind of dancing around. I don't know, in a, almost like a childlike way. Um, and she wasn't saying anything, but it was clear that she wanted me to like kind of bop around and laugh and like dance around with her and and the only thing I think could think of was like, this is one of the gaps for me, is like, that looks like fun, 
but I don't know what to do. And if I were to like grab her hand and like sing and dance and laugh, a big part of me would be like, oh my God, you must look so stupid right now. And, and so that was like, and she was just like, come on, this will be so much fun. And so then Allison just prompted me like, you don't have to do anything, but maybe just if she's like prompting you to like do this with her, could you just reach out and grab her hand? She's holding my hands and looking in my eyes. I can feel like vibrations coming from her. What do those vibrations feel like? Love. So after being prompted by Allison, I did grab her hands and then she was just like, again, she was looking at me in the eyes and just this overwhelming like wave crashing over me of like so much love and acceptance. And and it was like love and acceptance wrapped in determination and persistence because I really got the sense that she at that time she knew something inside of me was like resisting so she just keeps doing it keeps holding my hand keeps looking in my eyes real persistent like and just this overwhelming love acceptance joy excitement was like pouring into me from her and she was just like looking into my eyes conveying all of that and even though it was like she was wrapped in persistence and determination because she knew something inside of me was resisting, she was still very lighthearted about it. And she knew that it would be hard to get me to feel it, but she was going to do it anyways. And she was like, yo, I got all the time in the world. Like, this is my job. And it was also interesting because in my life, my, my personal life, how I go about things, if I am persistent or determined, there is almost this like layer of like fighting against injustice, you know, like I'm going to get this person to do something because they need to, or I'm going to get myself to do this because I've never done it or whatever it is. But underneath my determination is not the sense of like lightheartedness. And to me, when I look back on it, because again, this podcast is such a blessing and it's like helping me heal all over again. Because now when I look back on that session, it's like, wow, that is like shifted how I built my business. Because when I was a wellness consultant and coach, it was really a lot of push, 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 grind, like, you know, just go, 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 working all the time, always thinking about work, always connected to work. And um, this determination and persistence that did not come from a place of lightheartedness or peace. It like came from a place of like, I am proving something to myself. I am proving something to the world. And that is a lot, you know, less wonderful feeling, less uh, lighthearted, less, it's just kind of desperate and stressful and just a gross place to work from. And at that time in my life, it was like, I was really involved in like, I cannot go about this business, my entrepreneurship as a, hypnotist, as a someone who helps people with past life regression, a meditation teacher, like I am not going to go into this entrepreneurship journey with the same um, sense of like gripping, clutching, pushing, grinding that I did in my wellness career. I'm like, I want it to feel easy. 
yes, some days I'll probably have to do things I don't want to. I'm totally down for that. But I'm not going to like mind fuck myself for a better term to get myself to do the right thing or to compete with everybody else or compare myself to anybody else. And so this little snippet of like, she was so persistent and so determined and knew that it would be difficult. And she was still so lighthearted about it. And it was like holding her hand. I felt so connected to her that it was like, that's almost like a memory now for me to be like, I can care, I can work hard, but the undertones can be different, right? It can come from a sense of lightheartedness and something I want as opposed to desperately trying to prove something to myself and, you know, gaining my sense of worthiness from the work rather than doing the work from a place of worthiness, which to me um, made a huge difference in my world. You said that she asked you to, to go someplace. Do you know where she asked you to go? It's like she wants me to focus on her, but I feel like there's something behind me. Like something dark. Okay, that's okay. You are completely surrounded and completely safe. And I've talked about this in different episodes too, but when we see something that could be potentially scaring or re-traumatizing for our souls, uh, that is the work of a really good facilitator is being able to tune into that and give you options to tackle this, to heal it, to separate from it, to leave it for now, and um, reassurance that you're safe. And of course, Allison's so good at that, which is exactly what she did. You are completely safe. There is nothing that can get you. Do you want to turn around and take a look at that? Or do you want to take her back to your safe place? I'll look at it. Take a deep breath and turn around. And what is it that's behind you? It's like this big, it's kind of like a shadow, but there's more to it. Describe it. It's kind of like on Aladdin when the genie would come out of the bottle, but it's like a like kind of that shape, mm -hmm. but it's dark and it's like hovering over my back. Yeah, so this entity thing that was on my back was kind of like attached almost like in between my shoulder blades and then coming up and around over my head to the point where I felt like I was really hunched over and like could hardly look at it. It was so big, which is weird, but I also have nightmares like where I can't look at something where it's so big. I don't anymore, but I used to. And uh, I should do episodes on like night terrors, nightmares, and how I got through it with hypnosis. Let me know if you want to hear about that. My hypnosis healing of my nightmares. Anyways, back on track. Okay, um, so it, he was like, attached at my mid back and like coming over me. And it was again, like that shape of like when Aladdin comes out of the lamp in the movie Aladdin, like in the nineties movie, the cartoon Aladdin. And uh, yeah, I, it was, I was, was just like, what the hell is this? And when he went over me, it was this sense of like, say you're laying in the sun and you have your eyes closed like you can tell the sun's out it's like still bright on your eyelids and your eyeballs but then you without even having to open your eyes you can tell when a cloud goes in front of the sun that's literally how it was it was like 
before I saw this thing behind and above me, I, um, it was as if like a cloud had gone in between me and the sun, but I was like in a room with one lamp and the lamp was to the side of Allison. And so it's not like it moved. It's the shades were closed. So it's not like anything could have happened. And I even asked her like, did you shut out a light or was there a light shining on me? And then you turned it off and she's like, nope, it's been the same ever since. Shades closed, lamp on, that's it. So it was so crazy how that even in my um, subconscious mind, like almost just like clouded over with this smoky thing behind me. I, I'm not really afraid of it. It's more like maybe one day, maybe at one time I was, but now I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. If I wish I could hit it, I would try to kick it, but it's like nothing happened. Have you told it to get the fuck out of here? Yeah, he said, you need me. Who is he? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of getting hurt. He's like, you need me or you're going to get hurt. So in that clip, when I said, um, I don't, I don't feel afraid. Maybe I would have one day in the past, but not now. Um, and my fear of that <clears throat> was really healed actually through hypnosis back in, I don't know, there's many layers to it, but it might've been like 2012, 2013 through hypnosis with emotional healing. And we were doing a lot of work that included, um, untangling my nightmares there it is again and really my fear of like I don't know the paranormal for lack of a better term my fear of like ghosts my fear of anything like that like poltergeist all of it like when I even when I was younger I would like if I even saw like the preview for a scary movie I would have horrible nightmares from it and um and then I went through this thing. I used to live in a tiny house in South Minneapolis. And before I moved, um, I lived there for seven years. And like after five years of living there, super long story. I mean, I could do a podcast on this probably, but like I had like a vortex question mark in my house, I was told. And there was like really a lot of negative energy in this one closet uh and it would set off my home alarm which was on the other side of the wall from that closet which as you can imagine as a single person living alone was so scary to wake up to that in the middle of the night and i um my dog lil got into everything but she would never go into that closet for years and so when i was told like this is what's going on which is a part of a longer story i was a wreck it shook me to the core and like every night I would be sweaty trying to sleep with the covers over my head because I was like so scared and um the person who quote cleared out my house I was new to doing these things and said some things that she shouldn't I think she kind of had a flair for the drama I should not have been there for the play-by-play so add that trauma onto it, onto my already scared self, and I was terrified. And um, it kind of culminated in me being like, fuck this, like if there's anything in my house left after she cleared it, like this is my house, and I like 
cleared it out with some smoke and some herbs and anyways I just remember having a horrible migraine and like puking in the middle of the night I was so stressed out about it and I took my little wiener dog and we went down we lived like five blocks from the Mississippi River and I went down there and I cleansed us with these smoke and these herbs and the moment I did that and I just got like so pissed and angry I went from being scared to like being so angry I was like I'm so powerful, fuck you, leave. And, you know, anything that was left after the clearing. And um, and I, my migraine went away, like, almost immediately. Like, by the time I got back to my house from walking five blocks to the river. And that really set me on a trajectory of, like, I want to know about this stuff. Because it still kind of scares me. But the fear had gotten less and less and less. And then I was already doing hypnosis for my anxiety and of course that's like an anxious reaction overreaction to something that doesn't need to be there some people would even say these things don't exist uh that's not my reality but you know you don't have to have this type of horrible reaction where you just get shook to the core can't sleep migraine puking in the middle of the night that sort of thing so with that i had been doing emotional healing hypnosis for my anxiety for my nightmares already and in that I never went to a session with the intention of like I'm really scared of ghosts like unbelievably outrageously over the top scared I um I was able to heal that and so just like any a lot of our issues are kind of tangled and knotted up together and so when we work on one issue another issue might get untangled and just kind of float away and like leave us and we don't even notice till we're like oh i don't have that reaction anymore and that was really um what happened to me going through this emotional healing hypnosis where we take memories from this life my life as gina childhood young adulthood you know the whole span of i think at the time i was like 30 so it was really undoing all of that in which the fear of the paranormal, of ghosts, of earthbound spirits, of entities really went away. And not only went away, but like I had an interest in it, which, you know, what they say is like what you fear is like part of your gifts. And so I don't know. I mean, I've cleared a few people's basements <laughs> that had like some weird shit in it. I've cleared my own home, but um but my point is, is like, that's when I said I would have been afraid of this before, but I'm not anymore. And I do believe that if I still had that fear in me, my subconscious mind wouldn't have let me go that far into my encounter with this fear entity that was attached to my back. But I had done the work. I had released this fear. I'm now more interested in it. Like, I don't want to necessarily you know, call in any sort of spirits, but I do know how, and I do understand how as humans, we are so much more powerful than any entity or earthbound spirit or anything like that. And um, yeah, and so, I mean, that alone could be a podcast episode. This episode is so filled with tangents. Oh my God. Uh, email me and let me know if anything in this strikes questions or you're like I want to hear more about this then let me know because maybe I'll do a podcast episode on it but um yeah in because of that I'm able to like show up in my power and be like here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna rectify this situation and because I had those skills and that confidence and that knowing in my heart in my soul not just a logical knowing in my brain but I that fear was gone and not only was that fear gone but I felt totally in my power to like stand and face it which is huge. 
And that's how I was able to be like, oh, who are you? What are you doing here? And then it was like very a masculine, toxic masculine energy that was like, I'm fear and you need me because if you don't have me, you're going to get hurt and you don't want to be hurt. And we can see right there that that's probably, uh, you know, a survival skill from childhood, maybe. You know, children don't always have all of the information of what's going on. A lot of times they have what we adults would call an irrational reaction to something. But it is what it is. Like, at some point in my life, I felt like I needed that. I needed that fear to protect me. And I was always such a fear-based person person and I could look at number one I can look at my parents in my family tree and see that they're the same way like very fear-based and I don't think that our family or me or them are unique I think it's you know fear is a it's like a universal thing it's not bad because we can use fear to make ourselves better but it can get in the way when it's like irrational an outdated survival tool an outdated thing that we use to navigate in this world and so that's what I was dealing with right there and my previous work to release that fear around entities and around you know earthbound spirits or ghosts or whatever really helped me to be able to stand in my power and face that and get the message from him that message of I'm fear and you need me because you're gonna get hurt and you're not gonna be able to handle that and so you need me woman and um, so Allison just asked the questions she said he says you need him. Do you feel like that's true? And I said, no, absolutely not. I don't feel like I need him anymore. And so then she said, what do you want to do? What do you want to say to him to get rid of him? Like, you need to tell him that you don't need him. So what are you going to say? I don't need you anymore. Say it again. Thanks for you got to get out of here. I don't need you anymore. I know you think you're helping me, but you're not. I don't. Whoever you are protecting me from, I've either outgrown it and I don't need that protection or they're not in my life anymore. So you gotta get out of here and get off my back. I feel you on my back. I could feel this entity on my back. Okay, so when I say entity, I will tell you um, there are so many books on like earthbound spirits, entities, attached entities. Entities can be attached to people, they can be attached to places, things. Um, they can be earthbound spirits, so a spirit that died and instead of being ushered into the white light for whatever reason, I don't understand how it happens but I believe it does happen, that they become earthbound and they're like confused because wouldn't you be confused if everybody ignored you and you were walking around and people started moving into your house and you were like, what the fuck's going on? And I think that with an earthbound spirit, um, like an entity, they can be attached, they can just be roaming, or they can like attach to a person, to a place, to a thing. And, um, in the case of this entity, I think people often use the word entity and they, you know, might clump earthbound spirit, you know, like say a ghost into that category. But what I'm saying is this was an entity, kind of like an energetic form, for lack of better words, an energetic form that was attached to me. So I believe that like if we're in situations where we're constantly 
around like um, really like dense, heavy, negative, awful energy, like in situations of like abuse or constant um, harassment or fear or anything like that, where we have kind of like these runaway negative emotions that aren't really serving us, serving us like on a soul level. Um, and maybe we do need them at certain times in our life to protect ourselves or our minds say we need it to protect ourselves. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Only you know the answer to that. I'm not trying to tell you your situation, of course. But um, that they can kind of like just be like this energetic buildup. Uh, and I think of it as, as like a river. If a river is clean and flowing and there's no buildup, but sometimes... It can get like these swirlies on the edge of the river. You know, maybe there's like a branch down or a rock or something like that. And just like some garbage can collect there. Or maybe it's not garbage, but it's like, I don't know, that kind of like scummy stuff that gets on top of water. Or maybe just like a cluster of like leaves or grass or weeds or whatever. Um, that's kind of how I see it, where it's like these things aren't necessarily bad, but if you're around it a lot and your energy field kind of gets a snag and maybe they attach to it and just more and more accumulation, these things can get out of control. So this again was an attachment in my mid back and I do not claim to know everything about these things. I really only know what I've read. Uh, what's been taught to me and my personal experience with myself and my life and clients and their lives and like some friends and family that I have that I talk about this stuff. So if you have a question or information on it, I'd love to hear your point of view too, because I'm open to it, of course. And um, what's interesting about this is before this session, anytime someone was like doing a cleansing ritual, whether they were like burning herbs or plants or whatever, using smoke, or if they were like um, doing Reiki, or if they were, you know, using vibrational sound to clear energy, I would always be like, can you make sure to get in between my shoulder blades? <laughs> I always said that. I always felt like something was back there. Uh, but uh, that, so that was interesting that this came up and I actually did have an attachment back there. And for years before this session, the soul retrieval session, I was like, something is back there. I just feel like I need to cleanse back there, always. I always felt like I needed to cleanse back there. So just kind of an interesting uh, little quinky dink. So after uh, talking with him, <laughs> telling him I don't need you, get the fuck out of here, then Allison had asked me, you know, <clears throat> is he leaving? And he wasn't leaving. So then it was like, okay, let's get him to leave. Let's take him off. And there are many different ways that a person can um, release anything that's heavy, stagnant, weighing them down. Uh, and they can do that with a guided visualization led by the facilitator. But what I like to do is give the uh, you can also do like energy work, like again, Reiki, you can use stones, you can use vibration to get these things out of the mind, body, spirit. If we're carrying this energetic residue with us and it's like not leaving on its own. And this, I see this with people who experience past lives with like, say a lot of anger or heavy grief or a sense of loss on some level. And you know, any sort of really heavy negative energy or emotion can um, get stored in the body and that can lead to discomfort, disease, or just replaying that ruminating in that um, negative state over and over and over. 
So what my belief is that <clears throat> we, our higher selves, we all know how to heal and nurture ourselves. And so I like to affirm that in people and not to, I don't feel the need to dictate it. So I always tell people like, do you feel this in your body? Of course here, this attachment was on my back. So that's where I felt it. And then Allison did the same. She was like, how do you want to get rid of it? Here are some options. You want a magnet, you want a vacuum, you want to cut it out, you want someone to pull it off, pull it out, whatever. There's so many different ways to do it. But I always, and Allison always, like opens it up to the client. It's like, only you know how to get this off your body. Here are some options, what feels best. And so I used a magnet to, <laughs> to pull it out, a giant magnet. And so in my mind's eye, in my intuition, in my memory scape, uh, in my imagination, I pulled it out. Uh, using a big strong magnet and then I because I could do whatever I want in my mind's eye I pulled it out and then threw that energy into the Sun to transmute it into lighter brighter uh, more beautiful nurturing loving safe energy and uh, and uh, I just I don't think energy ever dies but it can be changed and so that's just what I like to do I don't know maybe you don't have to do that but I think it's probably good practice to send things to the, you know, the universal light or to uh, transmute things into loving, safe, protecting light as opposed to heavy, stagnant, fear-based, you know, irrational types of energy. So that's what I did there. I feel like, whoa, oh, I can't believe that was there. I feel like I have like a like laugh in the back of my throat. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and that's another thing is when we release that stuff off of us, we just automatically feel more whole, just like energetically lighter, more free. And that's how I felt there. <clears throat> and I had, I don't think I've ever had this since, but it was this sense of like just joy kind of bubbling up in my torso and like really culminating in the back of my throat almost to the point where I felt like, I, you know, when you have like <clears throat> a laugh tickle in the back of your throat, like that's how it was. Like I could just start laughing right now. I feel so good. That part of you, that little girl that's there you're holding on to, she's still there. She's still standing right there with you. Because this little girl who remember the girl on the hilltop, <laughs> she stayed there the entire time that I was uh, confronting that fear entity that was attached to my back. And one of the things throughout uh, confronting it and releasing it was Allison had cued, like, if you're not hanging on to her hand, hang on to your hand. She wants to help you. Like, her unconditional love and joy are going to help you, like, release and stand up, to, stand up to and release this fear entity. And so um, after it was released and I felt good from that, then she was just like, okay remember this part of you you're holding your hand and just like she wants you to know like you are so worthy of that love that she was giving you of that joy that she was feeling with you and just this lightheartedness and this sense of like persistent like you're worth it you need it this is yours and so uh it it became clear that this girl who was on the hill who then held my hands and was looking in my eyes was like a part of my soul so some people maybe would dig deep like how old is this girl is that the age that you 
broke this piece of your soul off or you lost this ability to feel this much love and gratitude. And like I've said before, I'm just, I find interest, you know, history interesting. I think coincidences are interesting, but in the vein of this, it feels so true to me. I just can't uh, spend the time or don't want to, or don't even think of it. I just don't have an interest in being like, now what, how old was she and what age was I? Uh, and I don't have an interest in it, probably because on the soul level, it doesn't matter to me. That might not be the case for you or for someone else. And that's totally valid and you should honor that. But for me personally, uh, that's not a route that I took. And I think that also after <laughs> encountering and standing up to that fear entity, I was just kind of like, yo, I'm done. Like, <laughs> let the good stuff wash over me, but like, I'm done with the hard stuff today. Like, I don't need to dig any deeper. We're good. I came to do this and we're good. So that was, um, that was it. So Allison was just kind of like recalling, like, remember she's here and she wants to share these. She wants to give you what she is feeling, what she is sending to you. She wants to give that back to your soul. And of course, because uh, this world is all about consent and only taking what you want, whether it's a podcast or a, a soul retrieval or a past life regression. Uh, then Allison asks, like, are you open to that? Are you open to receiving that? Like, really open the doors. And then how is she going to give this to you? And she just hugged me, like hugged me so tight. And it just, it felt so good. Like, you guys... I, in, when I did this session in September of 2018, I obviously did not have any memory of any sort of like soul retrieval, getting my soul back. And I will tell you, I've had more than one experience with like getting a piece of my soul back or getting the ability to feel certain things back, however you want to put that. And um, the feeling you get when you do this is this, for me anyways, the feeling I get when I am reunited with a, an ability to feel like confidence, love, worthiness, to like release something off of your soul, baggage that you've been carrying around, and get something back is, you know, uh, uh, it's indescribable. And it is almost like this feeling of, oh my God, I. it's like, if you had a really good friend or sister or brother or parent and you were separated and then you were brought back together again, but the time you were separated, you didn't even know you were separated until you were brought back together again. And that reuniting is like this feeling of like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my God, I've missed you so much. But you can look back in recent history and be like, I didn't even know I was missing you. And this is what I've been missing. And that is the feeling. It's so crazy. And so in order to get that in me, and when I started feeling that way, was she hugged me so tight and was hugging me so tight that like, if you were to see the silhouette of us hugging, it was like we were two people hugging. And then it was almost like, whoa, these are two really flat people hugging. And then she just like melted, almost like melted into me and me into her. And we just became totally meshed, melded together. Like we just melted into each other. And like you've always belonged together. This is a perfect fit. And 
just allowing that integration and allowing that love and acceptance to come into me. And that right away translates to like worthiness, feeling good enough. You know, the fear underneath that a lot of times, at least in my history, has been uh, this feeling of not being accepted as I am and not being loved totally. And part of that is just life on earth. I mean, we all kind of love people conditionally, but um, it's just like the human mind. We can try like hell not to, and we should all try like hell not to, unless you have a good reason, right? But that's just the truth of it. And so, um, yeah, I was able to really meld with her and have that feeling of like, oh my God, I've missed you so much. You're so valuable to me. And I just, I'm so thankful we're together again. And then it was at that space, like after we had like really melted into each other that Allison added in some hypnotic suggestions, which are just like um, suggestions of ways of being, thinking, doing, acting that are when we're in trance, they're planted right into that subconscious mind. And so the, whether it's immediately after the session or as your body kind of rewires itself over hours, days, weeks, uh, it can become just a way of being. And so the hypnotic suggestions she gave to me were like around deserving and receiving love from myself and from other people. And yeah, so she was doing that as we were like kind of melding together, just repeating how much I deserve love and am able to receive love from others and from me. And so after we had gone through all of that and the hypnotic suggestions really cemented in, she asked, so you truly understand this. How can you remember it on a daily basis? How can you really even more put this memory deeper, firmer, bigger in your subconscious mind? How can Gina do that? To remember this feeling in meditation and to add more play in my life in general. And that's a way to reignite it. It's like an avenue. Joy to love. Joy to love. Uh, play, joy, love. And I think on some level we can't totally let loose and play. And this, of course, is my point of view because it was my situation. But like, I can see for me personally, I couldn't let go and play and allow myself to play because it was like, nope, you've tied your worthiness to work and productivity and money. And not that those things aren't needed, but they can totally get out of balance and like totally fuck up your happiness. So you think you're working for happiness, but really you're just working yourself into the ground. And by you, I mean me. <laughs> oh, I hope you're not dealing with that. But if you are, there's a better way. Okay. And that was really, um, I would say like the greatest hits of insights that I've gotten from my spirit guides is play. Don't be so serious. Play. Don't be so serious. Trust that you will still do the work. Trust that you will get things done. Trust that you deserve it. Play. Relax. Rest. Rejuvenate. Play. Have fun. Be lighthearted. Uh, because I think that if, if we see people doing that, we assume they're not productive. We assume that they're not doing as good as they could. 
when really it is the reservoir built up by play and love and rest and joy and rejuvenation that we can then become whole and do better work. It's not all about the content. I mean, my God, with social media, if anything, there's a content surplus. Like there's too much information out there. And um, so this was really just like, you know, re-hitting that home of like, you deserve it. And to restore that love and worthiness and, and joy and persistence within you to find that. And now, okay, so it's been over a year since then and since I started really getting messages of like, play, don't take yourself so seriously. And you know what? I will say in the last year using this as a checkpoint, I've come a long way. Like I had already had a practice of like, take care of your body. By the time I closed up my wellness career, I was like in full adrenal fatigue or whatever they call it. Like, I don't know, my acupuncturist at the time could have given you a better deal, but like even my digestion was like slow and stuck. And, um, and so really just like rebuilding up that vitality and life force within me had a lot to do with rest, rest and, uh, so I had already been working on that, but now this was like a layer of like joy and play and play for the fun of it, right? So I like started coloring more. I love to color and I started um, going on walks with people and hanging out with friends again. It used to be like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm working, you know, and it's like, oh, I saw this friend once last year. I supposedly really like this person. What the fuck's going on? And just really uh, participating in activities that don't have an inherent value in capitalistic society. And I will tell you that my work has gotten better, my relationships have gotten better, my mental health has gotten better. So uh, check in point, I'm, I'm doing good, you guys, <laughs> just in case you were concerned. I am getting better at being lighthearted. I am getting better at play and not taking myself so seriously. Okay, let's land this plane. So after that, uh, just at the end of a session, oftentimes, or I should say I and Allison as facilitators, just because I know our practices, I think pretty well, uh, we'll both ask like, is there anything else? Anything else this soul needs to know, either from their guides or their higher self? And this is something that I do with clients, whether it's a past life regression or uh, soul connection or even uh, when I do group hypnosis stuff where we're like releasing and calling in and that sort of thing, planting seeds of intention. I always end it with like any other guidance from any other enlightened beings that might be hanging around. And Allison did the same thing. So here's what I got. Is there anything else that you need to do or anybody you need to talk to, your guides, your angels? Dale's there with you. Dale's there, but he just says, hi. <laughs> He's always there. Dalo is one of my spirit guides, and he was actually the first spirit guide that I ever made contact with. And oh my gosh, everybody, if you ever need it, I mean, this guy is like, he's more of a masculine energy, I guess. I don't think they're gendered necessarily or always, but uh, as humans, a lot of times we want to put things into category. So he was, I guess, a little more masculine energy, but really childlike, really childlike in the way of like full on love, full on um, like unhurt child, full on love, full on joy, play, 
uh, open to learning, curious, energetic, uh, really in his body, moving around, flips, twists, turns, jumps. Like he's always there. And he is like my mascot for uh, joy. And so his name's Dalo. And I will, the first time I met him was in a Life Between Lives session. So I'll do a podcast on that at some point in the future. But of course, if you heard anything in this podcast episode where you're like, what is that? I want to know more about that. Talk about this. Uh, Or if you have a question, if something made you question, like a question pop in your mind, let me know. Because uh, if you have a question, you're probably not the only one. And I love answering questions about this. So there you have it. That was it. Uh, and I will say our spirit guides are usually, as far as I know, all around us. Um, they're always connected to us and they're always around us. So for me at that point in time, I was doing a lot of work where I was in trance because I had been doing trainings that summer and that fall. And when you do, when you learn something, then you practice it and you learn something and you practice it. So I was in trance a lot. And so seeing Dalo was just like, you know, seeing a coworker that you really like and you, you see him a lot and it's not a big deal. <laughs> so I haven't, you know, uh, even though he's all around, it's, it's not, unless I'm in trance, I don't really see him. Every once in a while I'll feel him or like feel a real message from him. Um, but yeah such good times even when I just think about Dalo I just feel like so happy that he's mine and he's just like I feel so good having him just like unconditional love I know I'm not alone um I used to feel really alone I used to feel like I was accidentally born without the tools I needed to do this life and I absolutely don't feel that way and that's another reason why I do this work personally and why I share it publicly and professionally is because nothing has been more healing for me than Um, knowing that I am a soul with an eternal history beyond this life that started in 1980 as Gina. And uh, I have guides and spirits and angels and loved ones all around me. We all do. I'm not unique. You are not alone. These people want to support you. And so any way we can connect with them uh, is so valuable for them because it's their soul's evolution to help us. That's part of their work. So it's a real relationship. And not only that, but um, it helps us feel good knowing we're not alone. And to me, that was, that alone is so healing and nurturing. I mean, almost on a daily basis. All right, now I'm rambling. (laughs) Okay, that is our episode today. And as you know, thank you for listening this long. And my favorite part of these conversations is actually talking to people about it, whether it's on email or Instagram. I want to hear what you thought about it, your questions, what you want to hear more about, or just your reactions or your experience with this stuff. I'd love to hear it. So let me know uh, over on Instagram. You can find me at pastlives.tourguide on Instagram, or you can do it via email. You can subscribe at pastlives.tourguide andthedivine.com slash subscribe. So again, if you made it this far, I want to take it a smidge further and let you know if you enjoyed it, you can support me doing this podcast and you can do it in two ways. You can forward this episode to a friend who you think would enjoy it and let them know why you think you'd enjoy it. Get them to listen to it so you guys can talk about it. And then uh, you can also leave a five-star review on Apple or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. But whatever you do, even if you do none of that, thank you so much 
so, so much for listening to this episode, for listening to this podcast and being open to the power of our souls and our past lives and all of our eternal soul experiences while we walk this planet together. As always, take anything from this episode that makes you feel better and just leave the rest. See you next time.